Jeremy, there's no free advertising on our podcast. Paul, I mean, we fact we did a whole fucking episode where we're like, we got the same flavor. <laughs> we don't just give away advertising for free. You, I will say this. This liquid death rest in peace is quite refreshing, though. It is quite good. I got him. I will admit, deliciosa. It's as they say, peachy. Quite peachy. What's up, man? Jeremy. Welcome to the Brigadier Bro Bobs. Was that enthusiastic enough for you, bud? I mean, I've seen this is now the 29th intro that I've seen, and that <laughs> and that shirt is really something. Average Joe's. I one of my one of my colleagues got the whole on outfit for Globo Gym. <laughs> he has a straight up like. Whatever you call it, goatee. He got the bandana. He got the black, like the purple shirt. He got the junk. It was just cool. Totally cool. Was it though? <laughs> yeah. I I think so. Well, what's up, bud? Jeremy, what's Brad? up with you and your training? I've run a day this week. I'm happy. Um, Achilles hurts a little bit, but to tell you the truth, it doesn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to, which makes me believe I can come back to streaking. Because that ended well the last time. It, it ended with me taking off six weeks. Um, but the thing is, Brad, I think that the less I run, the fitter I get as by like the... <laughs> The Garmin app telling me that I'm right now fitter than you are <laughs> by six-ish minutes in the marathon as it is at this moment. I would go based on that. I have a uh, technology question for you. So you wear a Garmin to run? I do. And then do you, like, is that your daily watch as well? It is. I just so wear do you, do you wear it to sleep and like look at your sleep numbers? I don't sleep with it. I can't sleep with it on. Why? Um, I don't know. Like I have a like I don't wear a wedding ring either. I have a an issue, especially when I'm sleeping, that if something feels constrictive around me, I it, it just doesn't work. A watch feels constrictive? I mean, what is it doing right now? I mean, dare I ask, is underwear constrictive when you sleep? I mean, not me, because I've got a, you know, my package that it's constricting isn't something that can generally be constricted. Right, because they put extra room there and it's then just like a saggy pouch. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> I'm glad you caught on to what I was throwing down, because uh, truth Jeez, Brad, hold on. 
Badland Chugs. <laughs> so you wear, what do you do for your technology? So I've got the Garmin 955. I don't know. It's yeah. the bad boy that can play music. Yeah. So I got this. Runner 955. Yeah, I got this because in the summertime, wearing some like something with my phone, like to carry my phone is just awful. The the fewer things I can that I have to tote with me when I'm on my run in the summertime, the better for sure. So that's what this does, and it tells me the time. It does. And it can tell me. It can tell me how far I've gone, approximately how like the pace I've gone. It's nice. I like it. I mean, it's not a nice looking watch. I mean, wearing it as an everydayer, I, I wouldn't want to wear this if I'm going to like, let's say, a formal function. Why? Because this isn't formal, Brad. I need to wear like my my Roly. What if you're a Navy SEAL? My Roly. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure they are out just banging their Rolex around while they're kicking indoors. I don't know. I've got like a seven hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollar Rolex upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I only bust it out on occasion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll probably wear it to Kira's wedding. Um, Probably wear it to Elliot's wedding. That might be it. Levi's wedding? Oh, and Levi's wedding, yeah. Uh-huh. I, forgot about, I didn't forget about Levi, but I just, I, I, he's so swaggy. I just don't know that anybody can, like, pin it down. <laughs> Fact. Yep. What does he call himself? <laughs> the Riz Master <laughs> or Riz Daddy. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> uh huh. So and so, I assume you've just been cross training like crazy. Push ups. You've been, you've been doing push ups. I can do like twenty eight in a row right now with like good form without like too much effort. And, like, any core stuff? I mean, the push-ups themselves, because it takes me a while, hits the core, right? Um, It's almost like a plank. Okay. And humping a lot. You know, humping, like... (laughs) That's good core work, Brad. (laughs) You're having a bad night, dude. What is wrong? You need a hug. I wonder, I wonder why, Jeremy. I wonder why. <laughs> I truly don't know why you're having a bad night. <laughs> Me? You. <laughs> you started off on a bad, bad <laughs> night yelling at Kira because she wanted to say <laughs> hi. It's annoying that she wants to talk to you. I'm cool. Hey, listen. I'm I'm gonna give you a big old hug when we see each other again. You're you look like you need it. Okay. What you don't think you need it? My, I like, so I like your hoodie. Trying training to training for me. Pretty yeah, Brad. Right now, Jeremy. Pretty good. Do you know in the last? So I'm like, I have more technology than I know what to do with. But so what la- you Hold on. In the last seven days, so Monday to Tuesday, 
of last week, 32.62 miles. That's pretty solid. I can't tell you the last time I broke 30 miles for a week. And that's with a long run of only seven miles. Huh. So that means that your average run was long-ish. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did, let's see, 3.46, five and a quarter, three and a half, four and a half, seven, 4.7, 4.15 today. Whoa. I did. Th- so my run, I didn't tell you what I did. My run, my one run. I did three. I saw it. That's all I did. That. And so how, how many days did you have off? Leading up to the three? Yeah. <laughs> like six weeks. Six. Jeremy, it was not six weeks. Our race was not six weeks ago. Uh, bet. No, it was four weeks. A month. No, we're over. We're five weeks. Five weeks. Has it been five weeks? Yeah. Okay. So five weeks. So like really four and a half weeks since I've been able to run. Okay. And so basically a month of no training and then what'd you come back and do? Three miles. Okay. Easy. In? in, Oh, really? And what what pace? I don't know. It felt felt like probably eleven minute pace, something like that. What what was your pace, Jeremy? I think it was eight twenty seven. What was your pace? Was it eight twenty seven? I think so. Yeah. Which is probably like at a minimum tempo, but I'm at it it threshold or tempo. Like basically, or, it was. You told me you were going to run twenty minutes. To come back super yeah, easy that's right um but things change you know we we talk about it all the time like just let your body do what it needs to do my body needed to run it was like huh it's been a long time welcome back old friend go for a run and it's, who said that your body or the run both like they were talking it was a like a symbiotic relationship they were like flowy <laughs> together it was wonderful to tell you the truth and then, and then I, I, I had a, my Achilles is hurting a little bit. Huh. But I wonder Brad, if it, that, those truly, two I, had anything to do with each other. Brad, I'm telling you right now, if I would have gone out and run 20 minutes at 20 minute pace, it still would hurt right now. 20 minutes at 20 minute pace is three miles an hour or <laughs> AKA walking. Well, let me tell you something. Sometimes a walk you have to walk before you can run. So then why did you go out at 827 pace? I didn't know what my pace was. Truly. It was you cold. You just had... told me that you have a Garmin 955 forerunner I, that tells you, you your pace. Can I can I finish? I had my gloves on because it was freaking cold. And my gloves were covering up my watch. So I didn't know how fast I was running until the beeped at me. And then I would like, take a quick look. And you, what'd you run the first mile in? 829, I believe. And you didn't say, okay, that's a little fast? I did. And then I slowed down to 832. And then finished with a what? Like 823. Oh, that makes sense. I know. Brett, if you're not looking and you just let the run be a run, that's what I did. 
I think, I think, Brad, can I tell you something? I think you're a little jelly. <laughs> First, I'm just better looking. Second, I'm already fit. It's crazy. One run and I get back to fit. Just, just. It's just, a, it's astounding how, how crazy it is. Hmm. But let's talk more about your running. You said that you have more technology than you know what to do with. So what, why, what are you using this technology for? I have my Garmin. Okay. Which is a step up from mine, or is it two steps up? One. Okay. Garmin Forerunner 965. Okay. I have, would Strava be considered technology? Well, then I have that too. I think it's an app. It's not tech. I mean, I guess it's technology in that it's an app. It's, it's not analog. I've got my whoop. So you wear a watch and a whoop. What exactly is a whoop? It, uh, I really think the best thing that it's for is it gives you like a recovery number. Then off of that recovery number, a projected like daily strain. Uh, measures your HRV, sleeping habits. Then every morning that you get up, it gives me a survey of things that you've done the day before. So you can check off like traveled on an airplane, caffeine, hydrated, vegetarian diet, carnivore diet, or like uh, ate meat during the day. Like pretty much everything that you do in a day, slept with a dog, animal in the room, slept in the same bed as usual, shared your bed, listened to noise while you sleep, Slept in Elliot's bed. Yep. And then, like, the, uh, when I was out in Vegas, I had drinks. Uh, and it was, so the first time since I've been wearing the Whoop again that I've had drinks. And my recovery score was just nuked, like, beyond even, bad. Even, like, two drinks, we just, especially since we don't drink often, like, really throws everything, I think. For a loop. It does, yeah. And so I think it's just a, I don't live and die by it. So it gives you a projected strain score for the day, which, uh, like, so I I won't change, like, unless I feel really bad. Like, some days you, you have a bad recovery score day after, say, like, three good recovery score days. And so I pretty much just throw that one bad day away. Like I won't change a workout unless I felt really bad on that day. Mm. But if you like, I think it's, uh, I think it's best for like monitoring trends. So say you've got like three days in a row of just bad recovery. So it's typically signifying that, uh, like I'm not doing something right, whether it's adequate sleep, uh, too much strain, need a recovery day. So, yeah. That's good. I think for trends, it's really good. I've got my stride foot pod. Yeah, you love that thing. This has been my favorite running doodad. I like the term doodad. Doodad. That's good. That's good. I would, I would honestly say I like it better than the Garmin. Why? Um... Why do I like it better? Well, one, you don't need a Garmin for this. Like, you can just tether it straight to your phone. 
someone use the Stride app to record workouts or anything like that? It's, uh, it, like, is it very, I think knowing recovery paces is really difficult to do. And I don't think that you realize how with, like, until I had the Stride, I never realized, like, how slow recovery runs are actually supposed to be. Yeah. And so it gives you something, again, I don't, like, follow it to a T, like, well, I can't go over that today. Like some days I just feel good. So I just kind of run whatever I want. So, but the days that I know that I need a recovery, I know like there's really no point at going over. So, you know, like right now in my current fitness level, it'll like my recovery runs are anywhere from like 1130 pace down to like 1015 is kind of like the the fastest you can go while staying in your power range huh so uh so i like that aspect of it because it really gives you like solid numbers and then you know like they they call it a critical power number for um which is really your ftp or functional functional threshold power uh and i think this number is like this number is probably pretty damn close from everything that I've seen in third-party reviews to what an actual FTP would be. Okay. So, but it takes away, you know, like certain criteria. It takes away like your your heart rate. So if it's hot or anything like that, or if you're dehydrated, that's throwing off your heart rate. <clears throat> it's just like an empirical number that you, like, you can't manipulate. Gotcha. And then on top of that, like for indoor training, matches up amazing with treadmills. So it doesn't go really runs on the treadmill, Bradford. I've been running quite a bit on the treadmill, Jeremy. But why? Because it's freezing out here. Doddle wouldn't run on the treadmill. I don't care about that loser. Not a loser. He's a winner. He's almost a year in. He's got three more months. And what's he doing? He's running the same amount of miles as the day of the month. So whatever that may be. It's like So today is the 22nd, so he's got 22 miles on the docket. And how fit do you think that guy is? He's, I think he's pretty fit. Um, he doesn't only run. He does a lot of cross-training, especially on his lower like mileage days to help keep himself strong so that he can see the amount of mileage that he's doing. Because he said he's getting like 500-plus miles a week. Um, a week? Not a week, a month. But still, that's a lot. Well, you figure at the end of the month, she's like a, a long month. You got 31 and 30, it's 61. And 29, that's 80. No, it's 90. Right? So he's doing like 130 plus miles a week? Well, hold on. 90 plus 28 is what? 118 plus 27. Is 145 plus 26. 171. Plus 25. 196. In a week. (laughs) In the month before that, he would have done... I mean, So, so the second half of the month is just... A monster. Regardless. And then you're saying, okay, so 
you know, like once he finishes that big week, then he goes down to one mile and one. Oh, time to start doing leg workouts. Leg workouts, core workouts, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he, he's probably so used, like, you guys think to spending hours a day of working out, especially when, like, the latter half of the of the month, that he has time built into his day so he can do it. Other than, that's a lot of, that's more mileage than Kelvin Kiptum is running. Yeah, he's probably faster than Kelvin Kiptum, to be honest. <laughs> That's like double Kelvin Kiptum's weekly mileage. No, not quite. No. And and then, like, his recovery week, you're saying, is just trash your legs lifting weights. Yeah. To get ready for the, other t- t- for the next two weeks. You know it. It seems to be working. He apparently is still healthy doing what he's doing. I'm imagining he's not running very fast on his long, long days. Huh. And then Jeremy takes four weeks off, <laughs> runs three miles at 827 pace, and is injured. I'm not, Brett, it's not an injury because of that. I am still oh. injured. I am not completely go- good. But if I continue to take time off, how am I ever going to be able to even run a half marathon? I'm just trying to think. It seems to be working for him, you said, because he runs slow. 827 is slow, Brad. I felt like I was walking. I mean, you are surely well recovered. Um, that's what I'm saying. And my watch is indicating to me right now that I'm recovered. Still, yeah, detraining, I bet it says. Oh, I don't know. Hold on. Let's see. It says excellent 2226 for my, mer- for my 5K. It says training status recovery. Training readiness is high. I don't know. Doesn't tell me anything else. Body battery, 50. My heart rate's 55. I don't stress. It doesn't tell me anything else outside of that. And so when, when you go through your watch and you start a run and it, you press run, wait uh-huh. for the GPS to hit, and uh-huh. then after like 10 minutes, it gives you a score of like, it tells you how ready you are for today. What? No, it doesn't. Yours doesn't do that? The score that I'm ready for today? No. I guess like, I could set... Like, you mean the body battery? No, like, 10 minutes into the run, it says, like, it gives you... I don't remember, because I don't use the normal running function. What do you use? Stride. Oh. Like, All it has time? its own so data it every, fields. You use it for every run? Yeah. Huh. How, how much of a pain in the butt is the transfer it... What do you from mean? One, from one shoe to the next, because you don't keep the same shoes on. You take this and you slide it under the laces at the uh, front of your shoe. And then it just... And it clicks in there pretty well? I've never lost one. But that good? That's bonus. Have Has one come off? Nope. Speaking of lost anything, you know what I still haven't found? Your remote for the Hyundai Sonata. That's right. I don't. That's apparently somewhere in my car is for Brad, but I can't find it. It has to be in there. Where? Now I'm down. You're the cause of both of the losses 
of my <laughs> key fob. I didn't lose your first one. <laughs> you called me. I had to answer it. So there went that one. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Do, do you ever use your app? Don't you have an Apple Watch? No, I don't have an Apple Watch. I don't like running an Apple Watch. I haven't found that it really suits my running either. I just don't know. It's so w- let's talk either quickly or as long as it takes us. Tr- what's your What's your hot take on treadmill running? Um. Well, when I got really fit for the marathon, I I, I did a, a quite a, actually like when we did the Richmond, I was getting like ready for it. I was doing a, a fair amount of runs on the treadmill. Um, Why? I don't know, uh, because I was running at 11 o'clock at night, and I just didn't feel like going outside, and it was right there. It was cold, and just, it was what it was. That was when I was running, working at the resident, or, yeah, the residence. Um, I don't know, man. It was just, like, mind-meltingly numb to go and run, you know, eight miles on a treadmill or whatever it was. And I don't know. It just wasn't mine. So, at this point, I am, I am really anti-treadmill. I just want to be outside. And I know that it's different for people dependent on where you live, but where I live, there is no real reason for ever, to ever really be on a treadmill. So do you think then, you know, like, so in it, however long your long run would be on a treadmill or even just running an hour on it, like I think 45 minutes is a long time on a treadmill. It is. So, but running an hour on a treadmill or running a long run on a treadmill builds any resiliency? I think mental resiliency, because you can just kind of... That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that same thing can happen outside, though, where you're going to be like... Like a treadmill is... It doesn't stimulate being like a traditional run, really, at all, unless you set it up to, I guess. You could always do... Because you're going to have breezes coming at you or from behind or from your side. You're going to, you know find a pothole you're gonna have a slight incline that you don't even know is there but it's there like all those things are things that you can't that you won't experience necessarily on a treadmill right i don't know i just i don't think that it's it's just not natural just not natural it's not natural i'm just i'm all about the nature so i carry a plant with me when i go for my runs around Uh the neighborhood and stuff so i feel like i'm attached to nature couldn't you then just put a plant on the treadmill? <laughs> yeah, he got me on that one. <laughs> Maybe that would brighten it up a little bit. But you've been running on the treadmill. How do you feel about it? I, th- I think if it's utilized right, I think it's amazing. And how, how so, would you utilize I, it? I think correctly? that's from like... And I think that's from every facet of the running, including easy runs. So if you if you just set it, I think it's super difficult to do, like the monotony of just staying at 1030 pace. For some reason on a treadmill feels excruciating, mm-hmm. including that if there's anybody running next to you, I always think like, oh, dude, it's always what are they looking like? What do they think of me? You know, I mean, we talked about my my own personal like demons last last time. But yeah, if somebody pops up next to you on a treadmill and they're going even like three tenths of a mile an hour faster than you are. You want to increase it so that you can show that. That's right. 
maybe maybe you know like what would be great for that is for to have shirts that say what you're doing on that day <laughs> oh maybe easy run I would just yeah. do that every time. So if I'm am running hard and somebody comes up next to me and they think it's an easy my easy but, run, I'm like <laughs> But I mean I think it would even need to be more detailed than that. Like yesterday was a long run that I killed and today I'm recovering. <laughs> so you're you're talking about a number of different shirts that you oh have. Oh my to... god, like it would it'd have to be an entire closet full. So but <laughs> I would think, think Think about 20. how nice that would be because sometimes I do inner like fart licks where in between some of the big blocks of fart licks I incorporate a walking break. Yeah, and and then and so it would be nice to be like, if you see me walking, I'm about to be hauling ass. <laughs> I like that shirt. Like it, I think it. You need a number of shirts that you could transition through. And boy, that would really alleviate some pressure. I think it would alleviate all the pressure. Or or even just have like your PRs on there. Wow. Huh. Like that, if you that... if you went in and you're like, I really don't know what I'm gonna do at the gym today, but I want people to know that I ran a sub three hour marathon. Hey, I mean they're gonna look at you and be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I this could be a serious business model, Jeremy. Um, so are we hearkening all the way back to like my mile PR? I mean, I think you have to put everything on there. Four hundred meter PR. <laughs> yeah, like, our watch because our watch four hundred. Both of our watch four hundred meter PRs are ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I think you put it all on there. You know, like yeah, yeah. I don't think you leave anything out. One hundred. Whatever your fastest 100 you've ever and, run. And maybe that's like, that could be the sleeves is just pit, like r real, real light colored, you know, like uh, PRs. Five, yeah. you know, like 5K, 1454 with an asterisk. And then like your, your master's 5K on top of that. <laughs> Dude, I don't know that I want that. <laughs> 1454 huh you're in 1454 yeah huh? look at you being fancy and then uh and so i think that would be nice just on the sleeve so when they glance over to check your screen they're like whoa whoa look at this guy what happened to him <laughs> this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but i getting back to it i think it's really hard to be like strict in particular on easy days, like it's easy to get on the treadmill and just thrash. Yeah. So, but if you use it as an actual tool of saying, okay, like I'm going to set it and forget it, listen to a podcast and just zone out for a recovery run. I'm never going to up the pace, you know, like so hard to do. You're, you're guaranteeing that you're like in the right zone for your recovery, no yeah. matter how, how bad it feels. You know, like, you know that it's the right thing to do. And then it's like, it takes away so many intangibles, the same things that you were talking about on the road, like the, the micro nuances of being going uphill or downhill or having the wind in your face or, you know, like coming to road crossings where you've got to slow down, you know, like it takes all of those variables away 
that in particular for like tempo, like tempo runs, like I can't think of a better scenario than being on a treadmill. You don't think all of those micro nuances, as you said, are beneficial at all? I 100% do, but on certain days, like running a tempo or a threshold run, hitting the like a specific pace is way more important than the micro nuances of of like engagement on different road services. So you think that pacing is going to be dic- is better a dictator of that than effort? Like your like your foot pod tells you like when you hit the same power right? Obviously your, your speed is going to go down. I mean, it's no different than, you know, prepping for whatever it, it is it, that you're prepping for. It is, for. but then you have to look. So like my power, essentially when I put it on a speed of say seven miles per hour. Yeah. The power, like you see it escalate up to that and then it just kind of sticks there. Yeah. On a treadmill or right. on the road. So, you can't do that on the road because you have so many little nuances. And so on the road, you would basically have to set it to like a five second power average so that every like it's not every second that you're going out of a zone that you're like, all right, I got to make a correction. I got to make a correction. I got to make a correction. Yeah, but I don't look at my watch that often. I think I mean, if you are, then you're like doing yourself a disservice too. you're not letting yourself just go out there and run. Like, yes, if you're doing a tempo, you need to know what kind of pace, but I'm not looking at my, like, every 10 seconds to make sure that my pace is on. I'm looking at it as an average. I know. So, but there, I, so I genuinely believe if you look at the majority of, of Olympic caliber runners utilize treadmills to their benefit. So one, it's a controlled environment for threshold runs. And, and the point of threshold runs is really so that you can take a step off while the treadmill is still going and, you know, like do an ear prick for your lactate thresholds. And so you're trying to stay in like whatever it is, the, the 2.3 mmoles or whatever it is. That Are, that they're are tra- you having that done at your gym? Do you have your coach there like popping you in the ear to take lactate I threshold mean, or like lactate in your blood? Now that you say that, like one, yes, I do do that. And two, now I'm thinking that he's going to need a shirt the same way that I will. And what would his shirt indicate? I think it would immediately say coach. And then his athletes and their performances. Athletes, right. So, well, you know, like it'd be Jakob, uh, Kelvin Kipton, Elliot Kipchoge, Bradford Bradford Lang, (laughs) Bradford Lang. uh, You know, like it'd have to be the who, who, Mo Farah, you know, it's Galen Rupp, you know, (laughs) Sarah Hall, Nico Young. I mean, speaking of these people, our, our friend, Dan Barry, he watched our episode of of our dream team. He said that my team was the better dream team. Well, I mean, that's kind of fitting for a dream team. Like anything that you fantasize about and isn't real. Yeah, Jeremy has a good chance of winning that. (laughs) Wait, I I know that I'm not fit right now, and I know that I'm going to get, like, shellacked in this half marathon, but I'm pretty sure, like, we've just raced two races in the past six months, and uh-huh. I'm pretty sure 
I'm two and zero. Oh. Two and zero. Oh. Okay. So in re- the real world, so I have, in in the first one I had a torn meniscus, and the and second I had one a I just had knee surgery. So uh, apparently my Achilles was on the verge of exploding at the and ours as well. I don't think it was in the middle of your run streak, and you continued the run streak after our ten k. That's correct. Then why would so it wasn't? How, why would I not, Brad? It wasn't about it's, to explode. It's called a run streak, not a run to the race streak. Yet now you're streaking a non-streak. But I've already broken that streak, so I'm starting anew. I know, but you started a new non-run streak. You're what two days in? Yeah, I didn't run today. I'm going to run tomorrow. Are you? I am. After mm. school. Mm. Probably go out for a nice, easy, like, three miles at 827 pace or something along those lines. So, getting off of treadmills, did you find any racing shoes? Any carbon-plated super shoes? Um. So, you sent me a, a link for the New Balance Super Trainer Comp Extraordinary Amazing Shoes. Yeah. Um, so they didn't have my size. I know, but you can look other places. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> I know I can. I have, I have yet, I, I do have, and I have managed to fit my gigantic feet in like the first pair of like the, the alpha flies or whatever they're called. The next percent, the next percent. I've got those. Wait, which one? The Alpha Fly or the Vapor Fly? The whatever the next percent was, the first ones. Well, there was a bunch of next percent. So the is first it the ones. one with the AirPods? I guess so. I don't remember. They're up in my closet. I haven't worn them since I was pr- training for our marathon. I was thinking So was, that would have been the Vapor Flies. Yeah, I was I was I was trying to see if it would even be feasible to wear them for a marathon. And I can tell you right now that it w- was not. <laughs> like, I would do some workouts. Like, like thinking back on that, it was crazy how, like, fit we were. Being able to go out in the, on, like, a Wednesday and put in 13 miles, including a workout on those days was, I mean, that was a lot. Those were, I'll like, be- the knit ones? Were they kind of like an orangish red? No, they were, they're green. Maybe they're the second ones. I'll Is it to... like kind of uh, what's the upper like? Uh, shitty. It's like hard. It's like it's crunchy. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not all up on the on the shoe game anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. You know what shoe I really want them to bring back? What's the that? New Balance 1060. Fucking loved that shoe. That shoe was awesome. And the 755. Bring that back, too. I love that shoe as well. Uh-huh. And uh, the Saucony um, ride from, I don't even know, 8, 17 years ago. Bring that bad boy back. But was it this one? That, is that the one? Uh, probably, yeah. I think that's the one. I can only see myself. Hold on, let me move myself. I think that's the one, yeah. How much are those bad boys going for? Yeah, that's those are that. Look how narrow that uh, two hundred that heel strike that heel is. I I think that the 
In particular, the new AlphaFly is a way bigger platform than that. I think the uh, the Vaporflies are like the narrowest platforms until the Vaporfly 3. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not even going to bother. Like, if it's not coming in a wide width, I, I'm not even going to try. I'm not spending. I'm not, yeah, well, New Balance. There are, I think there are a couple of brands out there that have, maybe not. Maybe it's just New Balance. I read that Hoka despite their giant platforms, is actually one of the narrowest the, foot molds in the game. I, I wouldn't disagree. I like Narrower my than Nike. Yeah, I, would, I, I love my, my Hoka's, but I can't wear them for like the long, long days. I've got to, like, it's got to be no more than probably like 10, 12 miles at most. Hmm. Unless I go 4E, but then it's like the Bondi, and I hate the Bondi. Like, I despise the bondy the cliff so what are you, what are you looking for in a shoe like what is your dream shoe just a dream shoe um i really like the last model of the um uh, vomero the nike vomero i just think okay. of that one it was wide enough without being overly wide it was soft without being too soft like i said i think the 10 the new balance 1060 was like my sweet spot. It wasn't anything crazy technology. It was a nice, nice plush ride without being like a marshmallow where I felt like I had to work against the shoe, right? And it was wide enough. This for my is feet a marshmallow, the new 1080. Yeah. Do I have, is that the one that I got when you were here before the race? Or is that the new, new one? I don't know. Whatever I got, it's not my favorite. Well, no, you got the hot Hoka. I got two pairs, remember? I don't remember I got- what. The Hoka, whatever the one, the Mach Two or whatever, not Mach. Yes. Mach? Yeah. Yeah. And then I got, I got the the that guy. Hmm. I don't like it. It's not my favorite. I'll put it it's on for shorter stuff. Super soft. Yeah, it's too soft. So it feels like it's just. I don't know. Like I've, I, I can't tell you that I have enough experience with like a carbon plate because I don't. I would like to try, and maybe I'll get the the Super Trainer Comp New Balance, whatever it is called. But I'm not in a rush to do that. So tell, like, what what is what are the benefits? <clears throat> Don't dig yourself a hole here and indicate that it's going to give you some cheating abilities. Like, do you? Um, so you've had a favorite shoe, bef- like a favorite fast shoe before. See, everything has always felt, if you're talking fast, always felt super crazy on my foot. Um, even even in college, like running in spikes? Yeah. Like, I always had to go, like, I remember the last pair of spikes I got were a pair of Adidas spikes. That's what our shoe, you know, when I was there. And they were a size, like, 11. Because they were so stinking narrow, I couldn't even fit in anything. And it was so long, it was clunky. Okay. Um... I did really like the um, the Asics Katana. It was a red pair of shoes. It was a racing flat. Yeah, I really liked those. I don't know what it was. They were super lightweight. Um, they fit my fit foot okay, and I think I was good with them for like five k. So those were really okay. cool. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes you find a shoe that you put on, 
and you are almost always reserving it for days that you like need to blow it out and like just even putting them on you're like man these already feel fast even when you're lacing them up sitting on the couch you like it's just feels like this uh like this dopamine dump of just that you're like 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 today's the day it and it's the best analogy i can use is uh we didn't train it you know like when we were in college we didn't train in spikes much mm-hmm. so when you were lacing up spikes on race day like you like it just immediately told your body okay like today's yeah. not a practice today's actually something serious yeah like or the the day before you would go out and do a nice like shake out jog and then hit the track and just do it like four strides good and when like you hit those four strides with your spikes on like it was like it was on and so and so in the i think what was always magical about those moments is your legs are typically well recovered like and it just it just felt like you had a different gear than when you're tired like in in the middle of like crazy sessions yeah and so the best analogy that I can use to super shoes is uh, like a good super shoe that's working with you. I don't think every super shoe works the same on people's foot, depending on how you how you strike, etc. So, but a good super shoe, like you put them on, and it feels the exact same, even if your legs are a little bit tired. Like it gives you the exact same feeling that uh, wow, like today's the day legs feel awesome and i think it whether it actually does or doesn't it i feel like it gives you the exact same bounces when your legs are like peaking huh so you're saying that it's shoe doping i mean truly if i don't have that bounce from a pair of shoes ever even when my legs are not tired and you get it from a pair of so, shoes when your legs are tired. How is that not helpful? So, but but the argument in super shoes is like everybody boils it down to the plate. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the plate necessarily. I'm just saying like your ability to feel poppy even when you're not as poppy as you could be. And then I don't know, and I don't know if the poppiness is even there or if it's like a more of a mental thing. Um, well, I mean, I think it's been more than proven repeatedly that the you know like what makes a super shoe is the piba foam like it's a specific specific type of foam with rebound features yeah so in the, you know like the original idea was one they thought it that it had more rebound than the next you know like super eva or or whatever foams they were using at that point and then immediately everybody was saying that they were recovering faster, coming like their legs have never felt better after running a marathon. Huh. So are you saying that I should get those shoes in preparation for like our house? Like, so a couple of weeks beforehand, get them, do a couple decent runs in them, and then like use them for a half? I mean, there's not a whole lot of downside to it. Like if, I, if the half doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And I'm not expecting it to work anyway. I, I mean, I personally, I don't see what the penalty is. My pocketbook? Because <laughs> they're, not, they're not cheap. Generally speaking, super shoes are a bit more expensive than a, a traditional pair of shoes, right? I would say over double. 
Holy shit. So, like, because I, like, most of my shoes are in, like, the 140 to 160 range. You think we're going over no. 300 bucks? No. Like, so, you know, like, I think the most expensive super shoe right now is two, 290 mm. the on-cloud boom. No, that's false. Okay. Adidas. Uh, you can't even get them. I'm saying a shoe that you can actually buy. Well, that's at least acknowledge the Adidas at $500, and you really only get a marathon out of them. Plus a a marathon and warming up for the marathon. And a little, yeah, a little prep for the marathon. That's it. You're getting 30 miles out of them. And, you know, like everything that I've been looking online, you know, like one, they flatten really, really quick. Two, the majority of people still don't think it's as good as the newest Alpha Fly 3. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw this online. Ben Johnson. Do you know who Ben Johnson mm -hmm. is? Has over, he, like, he crossed the 500 mile mark in his Alpha Flies at the Houston Marathon running a 238. Huh. So you're getting definitely more bang for your buck without the Adidas. I mean, the Adidas are specifically. Like they are exceptionally light, like yeah. crazy light. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's their their claim to fame, right? Not that they're like it's like the Mayfly. Remember when the Mayfly it came is, out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there, there is a like a definitive, proven, uh, you know, the benefit of having light shoes in a marathon because of the number of steps that you have. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I only generally take like. My stride length is, I think, four meters. So I've got a pretty good stride length. Okay. Crazy. I was reading an, an interesting article. I, I, I didn't think that we were going to go down the, uh, the route of talking about super shoes. But I pulled up some incredible uh, world record data points. Yeah. Shows all of these world record data points, both in, like, then what events they are. So, uh sprinting hurdles distance yeah and this was all specific to track and talking about uh you know like shoe doping for lack of a better term in, in terms of what how jeremy is going to refer to it as <laughs> and so obviously uh i shouldn't say obviously so still the sprinting world records are all held by um usain bolt in a non-super shoe. Mm -hmm. And they were saying the benefit for for sprinters is somewhat limited because sprinters have already always been in super uh stiff platform shoes. Yeah. So and then you're not getting the efficiencies over a hundred or two hundred meters of when you're tiring down, getting the rebound effect of super foams. Yeah. And they said that then when you look at the number of world records, like, say, in the 400-meter hurdles here of late, so when you're talking about Sydney McLaughlin, I forget her. Uh, from Cabal? Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about hurdles. Yeah, Femme Cabal is a hurdler. Is she? She's a 400-meter hurdler. Who's, that's who you thought I was talking about originally. Okay. And so, uh, and then you've got, uh, what's his name from Finland that just... Dude, just that, yeah, that... No, not Kirk Van Kirk. That's the, or whatever his name is. That's He's the, the 400, 400 open. What is that guy's name? But yeah, I know who you're talking about. 
and the American that's like been pushing them, but right just there. Can't yeah. beat them. Yeah. They Crazy spe- fast. They speculated that the super shoes really help in a 400 meter race where it's so dependent on the number of steps in between hurdles. Mm. So like in the 400 hurdles, it's all about like the efficiency of having the exact number of steps in the least number of steps possible, then to hit the next hurdle and repeat yeah. that process. And that there's speculation, though un- unproven, that uh, that the super spikes then promote a longer stride length, which in turn should benefit 400 meter hurdlers from running. And then when you look at the distance events that have been broken, it really wasn't until post-COVID. So they had the COVID year where they delayed the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, you saw in the distance world, just world records go exponentially up. It was like yeah. the biggest year ever in world records. And then, you know, like the naysayers say, well, it's shoes. And then the naysayers to just professional sports in totality said, well, it seems more likely that in a COVID year where there was no formal racing, that everybody just had no reins doping and went absolutely apeshit for a year of doping. And of course, then when they came back after a full year of being gassed to their eyeballs, that world records were going to fall. Okay. Do you subscribe to that ideal? I mean, I think it's just a natural evolution of everything that it's like you put all of these, those things together. I think that that huge spike post COVID is not just irony. Like there's just no way. I mean, something had to have happened. Like it's not statistically like feasible to go and have such a big jump and by so many people, like it's not just like one person's like throwing the doors off. It's, that you have a stack of people who are just getting faster. Like, yes, they're working together. And yes, tech, I mean, and, you know, information is awesome, right? So you use all the information you can get, but something else has to be there. Like the human body can only do so much in a given time. Yeah. I mean, athletes are surely better today than they were 20 years ago. Brad, we were athletes 20 years ago. It's false. So, you know, like the training, more importantly, the recovery is better, nutrition, but I think people are incentivized to be more disciplined than they were Uh-oh. back in the uh-huh. old day or, or back, you know, like even in the seventies, sports were more generalized versus specific. Now, you know, like if kids haven't found their sports, like, you know, like by the time they're 10, they're behind the curve. I know. I'm trying to push Elliot. He turns 10 in like a month and a half. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we have to get you something because we need we need Money. a millionaire athlete on our hands. So, and then the prize money has gone up exponentially. So yeah. the sponsorship prize money has gone up. It's not even just the prize money like in the Golden League events or in the World Marathon Majors. You know, like all of them are incentivized more through their shoe contracts than they are in the prize money that they yeah. win. Um, you know, like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they were incentivized to break world records, you know, like back in, uh, you know, like the heyday of running with Alberto Salazar and whatnot, you know, like, or were they just incentivized to win? Right. 
and just world records happened when they happened. Right. They weren't necessarily chasing them. And so I think there's there are so many pieces to that that, of course, at some point, like the floodgates were going to open when the tracks have got are faster than ever. You know, like it's it's worldwide acknowledged like, oh, wow, the this track is a fast track yeah. based of based off of the surface of it, based off of the way that the, you know, like the infield is set up for for wind protection or whatever it is, you know, like it's universally known what the fastest tracks in the world are, both indoor and outdoor. And it's a surface component as well as the layout. The shoes are better. You know, like the prize money, you like at some point, the Pandora's box was bound to let go. And then when you put the money incentive, like so much more over everything else, everybody has a bigger incentive than ever to be cheating. Absolutely. I, you know, and I look at like college, though, there's a lot of money in college um, now, like much more money than there ever has been in college. And just like how many kids are breaking for in the mile, right? Like it's insane. And like kids are getting closer and closer to breaking 13 in college. Um, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, think what was it? Washington was it last year had eight guys in one race break four in the mile. It's fucking crazy. Like you used to hear of like two guys, three guys, maybe in the entire nation going sub four on a, you know, and now it's whole teams of kids. It is, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I don't know if, do you remember track and field news? Mm -hmm. Like to get national times, even when we started, like when I started college, we used to go to the school library to pull up the latest issue of track and field news and see who was running fast. That's right. And by that point, it was weeks and weeks later. Yeah. Best case scenario, realistically, it was months later. I remember I remember a couple of those names, but yeah. And so now, like, accessibility to knowing what your competitors are doing, the accessibility to, like, get on national platforms, like, it seems like now more than ever, national platforms are arguably as important or more important, like, at the highest level of even high school running, surely at college running, and even more so than at professional running than ever. Yeah. Brad, you are making some seriously damn good points. You were thoughtful. I mean, I can't um, agree with you any more than I am. You're like, just a thoughtful dude. I was kind of hoping you were going to say that, and I'm I'm really glad that you did, because I was thinking this whole time, <laughs> I am on a tear of just speaking facts. You are. Like, you're making... Many, many points. Now, I, like, did you read these points elsewhere? Have you been thinking about this for a while? Is it just coming off the top of the noggin? No, I've I've been interested for a while, more so about prize money. I think that the, if you, like, had to tier each of these things, they each play, you know, like, in a percentage of 100. They each have a percentage. And I have to think that prize money is the biggest piece in that. That then incentivizes you to do other things, including cheating, finding better coaching, being being more dedicated to the craft, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, I genuinely feel like like the biggest domino to fall that, that spurs everything on is the is the financial incentive. I mean, money is a big motivator. 
including for the companies. And so, you know, like I think it's not only the money's for the athletes, but it's the incentive for Nike, uh, which I 100 percent believe dope their athletes, you know, like whether it's whether it's Bowerman Track Club or, you know, like there was speculation back in the day of uh, I don't even think it was speculation. I think it's been written about more than once of them providing doctors with Galen Rupp while he was essentially sponsored by him. Sponsored what? by them in high school. Galen Rupp? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he was coached by Alberto Salazar in Galen high school. Galen Rupp? So in you high took school. A known, you took a known doping cheater on your team. Known. Yes. That wet blanket towel son of a bitch. <laughs> So I think it's hilarious that you get a big kick out of me calling it. it it's unbelievable. I've never heard anybody say, like, as an adjective, describing somebody as a wet. You said towel. I did say towel. I was, like, searching for the word. I was like, it's not a wet towel, but I'm going to go with it anyway. So, so but, it, you know, like, to your point, it is kind of annoying, especially if, like, you say you got out of a p- pool and it's kind of chilly. And then your towel is wet? <laughs> like, that would be pretty like, pretty obnoxious. Elliot goes in to our bathroom to take showers sometimes without telling us. And then he uses, like, my towel. <laughs> Either A, he never returns it, so then I go to take a shower. I don't look to see that I have a towel, and then I have no towel. Or he puts it back, and it's soaking wet because he's a freaking weirdo. And then that's the worst. You know what's... No... You know what's worse than that? I'm surprised I'm not just picking up a Galen Rupp and, like, rubbing it all over me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what is worse than that, though? Like, okay, I get it. You get out of the shower. You don't have a towel. But how far away is a towel? My towel? Yeah. So we we don't have a linen closet in our bathroom or even in our bedroom. So it's out in the hallway between the the, 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 – so it's a solid – I don't know – 30 feet away from Ooh, where I am. Okay. Wow. Whoa. Listen, I travel a lot and this is travel advice to anybody out there. This is the best travel advice you will ever receive. Okay. So get, hold on. Cause this is groundbreaking. Holding on. If you thought what I said earlier was groundbreaking about track <laughs> and field, this is, this is the next level. Next level. Yeah. So when you travel, go to the bathroom, it's going to happen. You're going to have to poop somewhere. Yeah. And especially in airports. Been seeing this more and more than ever here. Airport pooping? Airport pooping. You better check. Don't just go to the first door open. Don't do that. So one, I always check for cleanliness. So you can make it not clean, not clean. Well, I just don't want to do like a bunch of housekeeping before then I sit down. Okay. So check that there is an adequate amount of toilet paper. Yeah. What? So do you you need an awful lot, Bradford? You run out of like, I've been seeing a lot of just empty toilet paper rolls in bathrooms and I see people go in and I always think like this, this is a newbie traveler. Like, now what's he going to do? 
Do you knock on the door like, I know you're going to need this and slide under a wad? No, you, you can feel like lessons need to be learned. You can be the like the the toilet paper fairy, like just Same. carry around big wads, like put them in plastic baggies, and just like here you go. And that then would be give, creepy. On the inside of the baggie, give them like the the clue, like check next time. Yeah, check before you poop. I saw you were in a rush, but next time, don't rush so much. Maybe they had a turtle head. And, and it's, but it's not even just checking that there's toilet paper. It's that there's enough toilet paper because a couple of times, like I knew that I needed like one more wipe and it was like, just, I could have, the only option was to then tear off the paper tower roll or the, the toilet paper roll, which is not polite. That's, that's not ideal. And so that, and then, and then you get up. And it, like if 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 it's really bad, like say you just went and it's a mess, and then there's no toilet paper. What do you do? So like, to... I, think about how gross that is. Then you got to pull up and then like smear your cheeks to the next stall. Thank you for watching you like leave one and go. Right? Like, don't yeah. Go in there, dude. Yeah, like, there's a line of people, and as soon as you hear the door open, you get up and beat them to the door. He just left one. Uh, that would be something. So this is no... I'm being dead serious. Like, this yeah, is no, important. This is just a funny topic, and I'm glad that this you're, you're bringing it up. For anybody listening, when you're traveling, these are things you got to check on. And I speak for... This is spoken from firsthand experience. Call it anecdotal. I get it, but it's a fact. That's what an anecdote is. It's first an experience through a, a short tale. Anyway. I, I, I know, but usually it's like, don't you see the, the like the funny point? Like usually it's anecdotal because they're trying to apply their firsthand experience to the overall population. Yes. But Brad, bringing this back to the running community. Let's go. Let's... You should, like if you're going out for a long run out in the woods. Pack yourself a little bit of extra. Mm. But So before we go, this is important too. You get caught on a trail run. It's summertime. I think you've got to throw in some caveats here. So summertime. Okay. What do you do if you got to poop? Stop running and walk back. I'm not going. I am not dropping trial in the middle of summertime off of the trail and getting what? bit in the ass by a snake. What a wimp. By a snake. Have you ever been bit in the ass by a rattlesnake, Brad? I'm pretty sure that your turds would scare it away. <laughs> by a rattlesnake. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, poison ivy? Mosquitoes finding their way into your butthole? <laughs> so I go in this order. I start with socks. Yep. So, like, you can make it home without socks. And even a blister is better than having Ross. <laughs> What's your name? What Ross is for the folks who don't know? Yeah, it's raw ass. <laughs> yeah. Abbreviated to Ross. And so would that be R-A-W-S-S? S <laughs> me R-A-W-S-S. Right, two S's. Yeah. Ross. <laughs> I think is is um, and so like if you if you get doo doo on the butt cheeks and then you continue to run, 
by the end of it, like if you think if you think shaved nipples is bad, no, Ross in a shower is excruciating, dude. I think if if what is it, Urban Dictionary is still a thing. We need to check to see if Ross is in there, and if it's not, we need to add it. Yeah, yeah. And then so what's number two? I I usually then go to the shirt. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm gonna start. But what if I start running shirtless? So you turned me on to that guy. What's his name? Herm Herm runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like that guy. I like his style out there, just showing everybody what he's got. I, I, the guy is his attitude on running is just next level. It's awesome. The best. He's so yeah. positive about everything. The, well, at least the pieces I've seen. And he's just like I'm out here just doing it and yeah, eating burritos. That's it. Like yeah. it's just that's the life I want to live. He I really is to... living his best life. That's so good. So I've lost an. I'll tell you. I don't know if you remember this, but when I was training for grandma's, I got caught in a doo doo storm and had to. I had to poop. Say a doo doo storm. Yeah, yeah. And I had to poop right off of the side of the trail, and so like you know, like the towpath is busy here. Yeah. And but Big I time. didn't let that stop me. Like I had nowhere to go, and I had no time to to hide. So I just dropped trout right there, and and blew out. And I used both of my socks, and there was still cream. So I then had to use my singlet. So I used my singlet, and it was it was a nice singlet. It was a really nice, like airy Brooks. And then I like. Right, I was like, th- those things are just soiled to death. Like, no one should be finding these, ever. And so I, I like, got rid of them deep. Real deep. Real deep. And then I ran back there, like, two days later, and somebody had found my singlet and hung it up on the, on there, there was, like, a fence there, hung it up, like, somebody's, somebody lost this. Did you get it and take it home? No, I pretended that I had never seen it before. <laughs> had your name and address on the tag on the back. <laughs> <laughs> if lost, please return to. Yeah. Oh, Brad, you and your poop so, stories are the best. So, so, and then what about winters? Like, without socks in the winter could be... I think that's okay. I don't, th- I don't know that it's any different. I would Actually, still start would... with socks. I, I you'd probably be better off and fewer blisters in the winter. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. I I would start with the socks. No, you know what, Jeremy? What? Take it all back. I would start because chances are in the winter you're going to be wearing like a long sleeve tech shirt with a shirt under it. Start uh, with the undershirt. Truth. And it's probably wet anyway, so getting rid Bingo. of it, like, keep it, the... So it prob- it's like a wet wipe. It's going to clean better. And it's not going to chafe your, your nipples so much. Right. Two socks, three gloves, four, your I might go gloves first. What if it's really cold, though? By the time I have, I'm out there, I mean, I always wear gloves when it's even, like, 35. My hands are probably okay by that time. Okay. What? I mean, I think this is hard hitting and important stuff we're talking about today. I, I concur. Um, I mean, I think we should have started go, here. 
I would go beanie first. I would go my no, hat. No, no, you don't get rid of the beanie. You don't wipe your ass with your beanie. <laughs> you don't. That's all I use. I don't even have toilet paper in my house. Just a roll of beanies. Bah! I mean, that's horrible. I'll be honest. That That's horrible. Okay. Do, do you think that you could get, like, I'm wondering if there's a safety factor that's involved here. Like, if you have athlete's foot and then you wipe a dirty butthole. <laughs> like, I'm being dead serious. I is, know you are. Is athlete's foot transferable to a... To a your... Butthole? Turd tucker? Your turd noose? Your poop guillotine? Elliot loves that one. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, she, what the hell are you teaching our kid? <laughs> um, I'm not sure that it's transferable. That, that's a good question. Maybe we should have an answer for that for next time. We should have a doctor on and talk about like... <laughs> I mean, what happens... So if you have life and you take it down with your beanie to your butt, do you get... <laughs> crawling around up in there i would i would honestly think that that's legitimate that that you would think it has to be right and, and then it, it's just if they like i think it's they're only called head lice because they're on your head as soon as they reach your pubic region it's pubic lice <laughs> like it's just where you find them i can't believe it's a different species maybe it is because your head isn't like all moist So you think there's there's like a specific pubic lice? Probably. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they were called moist lice and not moist lice. Like that lice's life is just <laughs> looking for pubic regions, not hair. Specific like. But it has to have hair to latch onto, right? So like so it doesn't fall off. It just doesn't slide off. I, this is <laughs> bewildering. Are pubic lice and head lice the same? That's, that's the first thing that popped up. Apparently, this is big time news. Pubic lice, commonly called crabs, <laughs> crabs are tiny insects found in the genital area. They're different from lice, from head lice and body lice. Body lice? What do you get with body lice? Pubic lice, pubic lice receive their nickname because their bodies resemble tiny crabs. Huh. I mean, who said if you things? don't pick up some good info on the Brady Brobobs? <laughs> I mean, it may not be running related, but it's info. It is it is running related because if you had head lice, if they wouldn't wipe right your there. butt, don't worry. You're good to go. You can smear that stuff all over yourself. And like this, this, we're going to have to code this one different. This is a public service announcement at this point. Oh, Brad, that's your thumbnail. <laughs> running pubic lice. <laughs> <laughs> Running crabs.
they each have their own little shoe on their little little foot. Super shoes on those bad boys. <laughs> those guys are fat. <laughs> They've been doing their research. And juice. This is... This is God. I feel more well informed after this episode just because of this pubic lice than any Brigity Bro Bobs. It took us twenty nine episodes. So, is it fair to say if somebody has crabs, you were to and you were to rub your head all over that junk down there, you wouldn't get lice? No worries there, bro. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's opening up a wide world of possibilities. I think we have limited, like for you and I, we already have limited possibilities of where lice could attach to. Look, I'm, I got pretty good hair from here down. My legs aren't very hairy, though. Which means that you're probably susceptible to a run-in with crabs. I would hope not. I'm going to have <laughs> to talk to Katie if I all of a sudden got crabs. <laughs> huh. Let me think about that. Yep. I mean, that makes sense. Makes sense. Wait, why? How did you get the balloons? What the hell? Why am I not getting balloons? Oh, there they are! Oh, double thumbs up. Oh, what do you got? We are so dumb, dude. I like the way though it goes behind you. Like it's it's pretty incredible that it goes in front and behind. Like it's a oh, real it does. it's a real celebration. Big celebration there. Hope there were no pubic lights in there. <laughs> Good or, thing I shaved. Or headlights. Or headlight. Well, I think we're okay there. Can you get my uh, your eyebrows? Oh, I don't know. Is that, I mean, that's part of your head. Okay. okay. Well, Jeremy, <laughs> public was... service announcement numero uno from the Brady Robots. I like it. Yeah. Maybe it's a new segment. I mean, the, the I'm thinking we need to reorganize, though, because the hottest takes come at the end of every podcast, and I think there's been nobody that's made it to the end of one of these. I have. Yeah. I, my, does, I, my mom, I think, does. I'm, I'm definitely going to need to clip these and put them in. You'll be seeing these in TikTok. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for this, dude. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. All right, That's Bradford. it. Hey. Hey. Guess what? What, bud? We really need to make a run at these guys. What? You got a, a new one? What flavor is that guy? Armless Palmer. I left oh. you some. I Oh, they're all gone. You? They're good. They're pretty good. I like the peach better. What kind of calories are in this bad boy? 30. 30 calories. That's not bad. I can do 30 calories. I think we need to present our proposal to them of... Like running in a marathon and like stopping at the aid station. And what 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 water is this? And then slapping it out of their hand. <laughs> I like that. And just as soon as we're crossing the finish line, opening up a bad boy of this and dumping it on our heads. And right. Right. Well, it's like everybody's like they show their post beer. Like right. in the 
in the beer garden were just bingo. That's better than any beer. I mean, I, I think we can probably be had for pretty cheap at this point. I mean, just three cases every week. I'd be content with that. Some merch, maybe? Yeah. Death beer. Stickers. Death beer? I mean, death water. Sorry, liquid death. I meant death water. My All right, bud. All right, Bradford. Love you, bud. Love you. Get healed up. You're starting to embarrass the Brady Brobobs. Hey, look, I'm running tomorrow. I'm going to be perfectly healed tomorrow. Probably And, eight. and we've got the new leader jersey in. Maybe we need to see it next time. Fair, I'll wear it. No, you <laughs> won't. You're not leading. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be leading much longer, but at least I'm leading now. All right, bud. All right, dude. Later. Later. L- Totes. <laughs>